What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Loop Podcast. A late night edition. I know it's been uh, two weeks now since we've got one out, but we are in a little bit of a, a dead part of the off season. So um, I had a busy couple weeks, even today, man, getting back recording this late. But we got to get it done, man. We got to get it done. Um, two main topics today. Um, one we've already talked a little bit about, but the Kevin Durant sweepstakes that have seemingly cooled off. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, why we, why I think that, you know, that might be the case and, and, and weigh the value of Kevin Durant, right? Because it's funny. Um, I still think recency bias is, is such a big thing in really all sports, um, but I think basketball in general, recency bias is huge. You know, a guy has a tough series and people are out on him long term. I still remember when Paul George had a terrible series against the Mavs and openly said, hey, man, I was struggling with mental health. I was away from my friends. I was listening a little bit too much to what people were saying online. Um, and people were all out. And I think it's just the culture, right? Like, this might sound a little too woke or a little too deep. I don't really care, though. Um, people are, are miserable in general. And so it, it makes them feel good to, to shit on athletes. Uh, but it's, it's funny. Right? Like it, it's funny when you see someone shitting on a guy making millions of dollars to play basketball. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure his life sucks, man. Um, but back to the original point, man. Recency bias is a big, big thing. And, uh, you know, I, I think you you got to understand that when you watch these guys play on the court, you know what they're capable of. And it's not always going to be the best version. That's what makes, you know, the greatest in the game. The greatest in the game is rarely do you see any deviation from that. Braun is Braun. Steph is Steph. And I think KD is KD, right? But I still remember two playoffs ago, toe away from beating the eventual champions in the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie. I know Kyrie played early. James Harden half a leg. Um, And now, you know, you you look at a, a series where they get swept in the first round. One that I think uh, shows uh, a lot of just how uh, basketball is such a in-the-margins game. Every game's decided in the margins, bro, but you need a full team effort. You need everyone really understanding what's going on. Um, and you need a lot of things to go right for you to, to win a championship. Um, but is Kevin Durant somehow just diminished as a player because of this result? No, I think maybe early on, if he was early on in his career and something like this happened, maybe because you'd be like, okay, was the good year an outlier? But we've seen now so many, so many times what Kevin Durant's able to do. Um, anyways, we're, we're going to go into that. Um, I know we've talked about him a lot. And then we're going to go to Donovan Mitchell, um, another guy where I think, you know, just the consensus on him right now is, you know, maybe even a little bit too low like I, I feel like we'll get into it man. we'll get into it but that that should tide us over it's not going to be too long of one um i'm going to try and get the top 10 players at each position rolling again with sarge man even if it's just tough sarge's schedule is a little bit busier now but uh that's always one of my favorites and but that takes a lot of uh, time and, and effort and going through some shit so um fun stuff on the way appreciate you all for tuning in i hope you enjoy and, and without further ado all right so kd right 
we talk about you know the recency bias and all that and again I will say this this goes for both Kevin Durant and, and Donovan Mitchell I've said it numerous numerous times I'm in a I created a 30 team league that tries to emulate being a GM we have a discord and so the vast majority of of my conversations surrounded around basketball and the NBA come with the people on there. Now I've, I am in the process of trying to, you know, engage more and, and reach out and, um, you know, not just have that perspective. Although I, you know, I very much do enjoy talking about the game with them. They, they don't represent, you know, necessarily everything, but I, I do think it's a good basis. Um, but it, we're not sitting here and talking about, hey, Kevin Durant is not good at basketball. Clearly, he's good at basketball. I think clearly he's amazing at basketball. Kevin Durant is just a really interesting – he presents a really interesting dynamic because with Kevin Durant, he does nothing on a basketball court wrong. Like the, the, there's nothing he does below average. He scores at all three levels at an elite level. He's got a great handle. <clears throat> He's—I uh, I don't think people really understand how good of a passer he is, too. Like, obviously, you know, rarely are you going to see him go drop fourteen assists, but he could if he wanted to. If he came in and just said, "Hey, I, I want to go get ten assists every game," he could absolutely do that. He's a great passer, and he's a—he's a good defender too. Now, he's not going to anchor, per se, a defense. He's a smart team defender. Can actually provide some weak side help. Generally get pretty good at staying in front. And he's just super long, right? So he's able to affect shots. Um, There's nothing he does wrong on a basketball court. There's nothing that you can point to and say, oh, Kevin Durant could do that better when it comes to the actual game of basketball. Which, you know, is is it puts you right up there like there's not many players that you you can say that about at an nba level of course right like all these guys are in the nba they're you know compared to us flawless but at the nba level there's not very many guys that you can say oh they literally they do everything well where does sir okay well what does he lack well he does in my eyes And it really just depends on perspective, um, because when you get into leader, right? I think that I think that uh, I think that's tricky. I think it's very vague. I think that can mean a, a multitude of, of different things. Um, but I think that's probably the weakest part uh, and the missing piece. And I think that's why you see, again, you don't really hold the OKC stuff to him he was young like like towards the end of that run could he have beaten the Warriors sure but you don't necessarily hold it against him but that's why you see when he goes boom he gets plopped into an already great culture a culture where there's a great leader in Steph Curry I think Steve Curry one of his what makes him great as a coach is his leadership ability too he gets dropped in that culture okay it's it's game over because he doesn't he's he was never really asked to lead and again very vague term when i say lead i think there's a lot that goes into when you're a one or two 
on a team, and especially a player of the magnitude of Kevin Durant. <sighs> I mean, I, I think there might there, there's maybe an argument that you know could be considered fair. Like if I'm sitting here with KD, I'm sure he could make an argument about, hey, I do everything like damn near flawlessly on the basketball court. Like the coach has to lead. Like that's not on me. And you can make an argument, sure, but I think what could take him to that next level, what in terms of, hey, getting the most out of a basketball team is getting a little bit more in the trenches around communication, around things that help you win in the margins of basketball games. I don't sit here and say Kevin Durant's not, doesn't possess leadership qualities. Like, I'm sure he's, you know, still talking to the young guys. I'm sure he's fostered relationships with the younger guys. I just mean, when it comes to really big games and really big matchups, being locked in on a game plan and creating an environment where you're building up your teammates, where they're feeling confident, where they understand their role, and they just feel supported and backed by you rather than you're just a contract killer out there doing you and, hey, I hope you do your job because I'm doing mine. And, I'm again, I'm not in the locker room. I don't always – these guys aren't mic'd up. All we can go off of is, is what we see. Um, but I don't think you can that, – that's like the one thing I think you can hold against him. And I think that might be the one thing preventing – like, I mean, I think there's multiple reasons and we'll get dissect them all. But I think that's like the one thing that's coming to some of these teams minds when they talk about, you know, acquiring Kevin Durant, because sure. Right. Like, could the Nets have gone a little bit farther if KD had, you know, this raw, raw, like, guys, let's go do something mindset and had galvanized his teammates and could they have maybe gone to the second or third round sure maybe but they weren't winning a championship in my opinion this team just wasn't good enough it just wasn't good enough you know you had Kyrie first off you have James Harden decide for himself up close this team's not good enough even with me here which again I've talked about many times I thought that was super weird because again you already know who Kyrie and Katie are like it's not like you pull up to Brooklyn, start practicing with them, and I'm like, oh, these are completely different people. Like, they've all had experiences and all knew who they are. But first off, you have that. That sets a weird little vibe, right? Like, one of your best players is literally saying, trade me at the last second. Like, it came out of nowhere. Then Kyrie, we're not going to get into the whole vax, no vax thing. Kyrie does what he wants to do, bro. And I think people just, I mean, you can you can do whatever you want, say whatever you want. I don't think Kyrie really cares. Um, but then, you you know, as a result, he's not playing home games. He's not playing in Canada. I, I don't have an exact number in front of me, but he did not play that many games. Joe Harris is out. Um, and you just really have a, a, it's just not enough. It's just absolutely not not enough. As good as Kevin Durant is, I mean, you saw it. I absolutely love Steph Curry to death. I believe in him so much. Um, I could sit here and make an argument on why he's a top five player of all time. That's for another day. But 
I mean, you go look at, as recently as two years ago, they uh, didn't even make the playoffs, lost in the play. And that was just, again, you need a lot to go right. And you need a team that, you know, the majority, I'd say almost every single guy on the court is locked into a game plan and understands what is expected of them for the team to be successful. And sometimes you just don't have enough, bro. And the Nets did not have enough. So this year, they just they just didn't. They didn't have enough chemistry. Uh, I mean, if you saw Ime Odoka, I don't. First off, I don't think he got enough love uh, for for Coach of the Year. I, I mean, you take a you take a great mind like like Brad Stevens is an amazing basketball mind, and I think this is where you see like when I'm hiring coaches, obviously X's and O's are are super super important. Um, but I, I really think arguably more importantly is is coaches ability to communicate to their players in a way because everyone's in the spotlight everyone's under a microscope these guys got egos for sure as we all do you just have to be able to communicate effectively and get guys to buy in and understand and put a not necessarily fully put away their personal goals but have them understand what's best for the team. And, and Ime was able to do that. It's like Brad, Brad Stevens is a flawless basketball mind, right? He's proved it at every step, and now he's killing it in the front office. But, the, you know, the front office is probably a little bit more suited to him because Ime is able to communicate and vibe. And, um, yeah, really those two words, uh, better with his team. And you see what happened. But. I got a little carried away there. The The point was that the defensive schemes that KD saw in that series were were so tough. So, so tough. Steph couldn't, Steph couldn't quite – Steph didn't get those because it would allow the Warriors to, to punish uh, the Celtics, I think, in ways that the Nets just couldn't. They just did not have Nick Claxton, Blake Griffin, James Johnson. No hate to Pat, Patty Mills, but, you know, like it's just – it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, because of this run, Kevin Durant is now not a top five player. And even if you were to go that far and say that, like, you know, again, top five players in the league, the margins are very, 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 very slim. Like, it's not like if you're the fifth best player in the world as opposed to the sixth best player in the world that you are just insanely more valuable, you know? Um so there's that. Like I think that's just establishing where Kevin Durant is. Kevin Durant is the best in my eyes, the best scorer in NBA history. And again, I'm twenty I'm twenty-six. I'm not an NBA historian. I don't like I, I haven't even really gone back and watched that much footage from back in the day. Um but I, I, I can pretty confidently say there's there's no one in the 1980s doing this. And if you want to go MJ or whoever you want to go, like, <laughs> dude, I, I just don't, I don't think there's ever been anyone that can score at all three levels as efficiently and as effectively as that man can. I mean, you just look at him. Like, I'm sure you could put together a statistical argument for KD, but I don't even think you need to. Like, I know, and I know that might sound ridiculous, but at the end of the day, just look at the man play basketball. Look at him score the basketball. 
And he just does things that no one's ever done in the history of the sport. And I think that's really, really valuable. Now, again, the downside, Kevin Durant, is... Maybe 33 years old, going to be 34 when the next season starts. Um, and the new storyline this week was Jalen Brown um, being in talks for, for Kevin Durant. And I think this is super interesting to talk about just from a team-building franchise perspective because <clears throat> Kevin Durant is no doubt better than Jalen Brown, right? Like, if, I think if – I mean, you just look at how good the Celtics were this year. If you get Kevin Durant in that system instead of Jalen Brown, they're they're easily the title favorites. Like honestly, far and away, like it's them versus the field. Honestly, in my opinion, it's it, it's you're getting a really good coach with two insane talents who understand how to win basketball games. I, I right. So you you get and, and then it comes down to okay. How long do we think Kevin Durant can do this? 34. I mean, he really doesn't. He, You watch him. He doesn't look like he's slowing down. And I'm sure it just comes at random times for different people. But you see Braun's 39. And Braun never, like, Braun has an insane basketball mind. And I think that's what keeps him. In, and obviously puts a, just a ton of money and effort into his body. But Kevin Durant, in terms of scoring the basketball, is so much more skilled. So who knows? Who knows? But you're getting at least, in my eyes, at least three more years of an elite, elite basketball player. And Jalen Brown's really good, and he's improved a ton, and he's really smart, and he's electric. He's a three-level scorer, too, and he's 25 years old. I get it. I think there's very fair arguments to both sides. And again, I, I want to clarify, right? We don't know exactly where it stands. Obviously, if it's Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant, I, I think you pull it as a Celtics. But I don't. I think it's it's much more. And I think part of this is the Rudy Gobert thing really kind of fucked the market up um, because Kevin Durant is is going to help you win more basketball games than Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is a great piece, anchors your defense. Um, Kevin Durant's going to help you win more basketball games. I, I, you just can't, you can't convince me otherwise. Even if you, you think I don't think it's relatively that that close. And Rudy Gobert went for Walker Kessler, uh, first round pick, four other first, Malik Beasley, uh, a sniper, Jared Vanderbilt, who's a super underrated player. He doesn't fit really like an NBA mold, but he's a, a hustle guy, a Dennis Rodman type guy um that's super high praise but that mold you know just just tenacious on the offensive glass defensive glass um can defend in space out on the perimeter uh make the right pass and uh patrick beverly who could say whatever you want about him uh i really believe he he can help any team win i really do He's, he might be annoying but uh he can shoot it if he's wide open He's played in ton of high, high-level, important games, playoff games, um, defend, and he's just a bring-your-energy guy. He's a guy you want to go to war with, right? That's a crazy package. Kevin Durant's worth more than Rudy Gobert. And so I think you're just – we're at, kind of at a sticking point where no one's willing to give that up right now. Um, 
again, you have 34-year-old Kevin Durant going into next year. And so you got to balance how much, how, how worth, why is this so hard for me to set? How much is three, four years of an elite, elite Kevin Durant worth? Because at least Rudy's, you know, 27, 28, although centers do fall off faster. Um, but how much is that worth? Is that worth giving up Jalen Brown? It's, you know, 10 years of Jalen Brown, who in my eyes never gets to the peak of Kevin Durant, but he's a damn good basketball player. It, it, to me, it, it comes down to what the secondary pieces are around Jalen Brown. And I think the argument for no with Kevin Durant with this whole situation is, bro, we were in the finals with Jason Tatum at 25 years old, Jalen Brown at 25 years old or 26. Jason at 24, Jalen at 25. We went against a goat and Steph lost, but that's our first finals. Like you're if you're ripping your first finals at 24 and your your two guys are 24 and 25, like it's a matter of time. Uh, really. It is. But if you get Kevin Durant, I mean that that team is I'm not going to call him a lock because nothing's a lock and we just talked about how hard it is to get there. But come on, guys, like, let's let's be honest with ourselves here. Let's truly sit back and be honest with ourselves. Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum. And okay, let's say the package is Jalen Brown. Let's uh, let's find out what the rumor is. And again, I don't think we can. I, I don't think we can take this as a word, right? A lot of bullshit. I, I, I don't like the media. I understand why they're part of it. I I understand they help grow awareness and love of the game, but the, they, the, they, they're not, they're annoying. They're annoying. They're looking to spin. They're looking to start shit. Um, so apparently Boston offered Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a pick for Durant. Below what the Nets are asking. Apparently, they then countered with Brown, Marcus Smart, multiple draft picks, and then potentially another rotation player. Again, we don't know. We aren't in. We we don't have these lines tapped. But let's take the Nets side, the first one, or Boston side. Sorry, Jalen Brown, Derek Wright, and a draft pick for Durant. You're essentially, you're essentially just replacing Jalen Brown. Like, Derek White is a fine role player. He makes the right pass. He's a good defender. And he can shoot a little bit. But you're telling me that Malcolm Brogdon, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Bob Williams, Al Horford, uh, I'm probably missing, like, some Peyton Pritchard, Gallinari, yeah, that, that team's the title favorite, bro. This was a Celtics team that, to me, the the whole Grant – well, I don't know. And I, guys, I know. I'm going just going off on tangents. We're bouncing around. Just stick with me. I don't know if you guys remember Grant Williams. Um, he was on a podcast, and he said, uh, you know, to this day, I still think we're the better team. And, you know, people, especially Warriors fans, took that the wrong way. And I get it. You know, like, we, we beat you. We we beat you. How are you going to sit here and say we're the better team? But I understand what he's saying in that 
I think it's just I think he's mixing better with talent. Like I, there were many times in that Boston early on, especially we like myself, I wasn't necessarily worried worried, but I was like, damn, like th- this team is good. This team is really really good. And I think ultimately what it came down to is just experience, which he did hint at, which again, if a team being more experienced leads them to winning, they're probably still can be considered better, but the talent, right? Um, you add Kevin Durant to the mix there. Like Kevin Durant, you swap Kevin Durant and Jalen Brown, like who knows? Maybe maybe it goes seven and we still pull it out, but that's gonna be a hell of a more difficult task because if both Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum are on the floor, it's really hard to take them both out of the picture. Now, now you ask for Marcus Smart too, and draft picks like even the draft pick side of it, like it's gonna depend, right? You don't want to mortgage your whole future, but if it's two, three first and Jason Jalen Brown and Derek White, I consider that if I'm Boston, I I do. And again, it comes down to long term versus short term. But I I do think we're in. I think we're in this game to win titles, bro. Like that is. That is the whole point of why we do this, in my eyes, why these teams do this. And actually, there there may be owners who are in this for money, but for me, as a player, as a coach, as a general manager, as anyone who's in that organization that has a gets paid money to help the team win, the goal is to win a championship, and again, there's there's honestly a smart argument as to saying that can be put together about the Celtics chances with Jalen Brown long-term and and how you have more shots at it. But if you combine Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant right now, um, I really think the Celtics team could just go on a run because they have everything. It's not like it. It's not like you you, you know, you, you feel good and you're just your hats in the mix. Like you are the team, you are the team. And there's so many things about it too, where they, it's not like they lack depth, right? They, they have a good uh, roster around these two. Ime Odoka was a, an assistant for the Nets, um, has a good relationship with KD. Brad Stevens is a great GM in basketball mind. So you have the supporting cast on and off the court to make this thing work. It just comes down to ultimately what your belief is for Jalen Brown's ceiling. And if Jalen Brown's ceiling is, I don't know, 90% of what KD can be, maybe you consider holding off and rolling it back. But I don't think it is. I think Jalen Brown's a bucket. I love what he does. I still think um, – I, I don't know that I've seen enough for him to be a tier one. I think Tatum is a tier one, um, if not yet soon. But and I know people will look and say, "Oh, Jalen scored." Jalen has to learn how to do more than score. Jalen has to learn how to be consistent defensively. Jalen has to learn to be consistent offensively, and that doesn't just mean with his buckets. I think it for me the biggest thing with Jalen is just making the right play, not pre-deciding, "Hey, what I what I'm going to do," and I can get away with that sometimes because I'm insanely athletic and skilled. But like when the defense really focuses on you. And they're they're trying to get you to beat, you know, dictate the terms in which the engagement is had. I need to see Jalen be able to 
to beat them on his terms. And again, it just comes down to, I think, where you are at on Jalen Sealing. I think Jalen Sealing is nice. I think it's good value for wherever he went, honestly, third. I think if you if your third pick overall ends up like Jalen Brown, you're happy, but they don't make players like Kevin Durant. And I think the concerns that we talked about with KD, with the leadership aspect, you don't it's it's similar to the Warriors in that you've just you've got the coach, you've got the front office, you've got the culture, you've got the supporting cast. KD can just be a contract killer and obviously he's signed for four years or whatever so he's there but he's coming in you sign him you 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 make his job easy and he he can take you to new heights because you just man the playoffs are just a different beast when the game is slowed down and the offenses are stagnating and everyone knows what everyone's trying to do there's no one better. There's no, as much as I love Seth, there's no one better at getting a tough bucket. And if you send to a KD, he'll find it. I think that that's the problem. Like they sent to a KD and the ball's out of his hands and now it's in Bruce Brown's hands, bro. In Boston, it's in Malcolm Brogdon's hands or it's in Jason Tatum's hands or, you know, whoever it may be, you go down the line. There's guys that can punish you, um, and I just think it'd be absolutely lethal. So if I'm Brad Stevens, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying Jalen Brown, Derek White, and maybe we cut it off at two, three first. But the goal is to go win a t- title, and and you are. It would things would have to go very, very wrong, and they could, they could. But things would have to go very wrong for them not to find a chip during this time, and that's what we're playing for. Is that is that trophy, bro? The pinnacle, the top. And I don't, I don't think you can miss out on this opportunity. I mean, you just look. I, I love what Masai Ujiri did. They couldn't even really keep Kawhi, and he ends up signing with the Clippers. But they buy low, and again, that was a buy low. Like that doesn't get talked about enough. You can say what you want about Kawhi. I understand uh, the concerns with him. No, no one's really perfect besides Steph. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, you buy low, send to Rosen and Poto. Bring him over. That's a ring. Granted, it was because KD got hurt and Clay got hurt, but that's a ring, bro. And they can't never, they can never take that shit from from him. Kyle Lowry's a champion. Kawhi Leonard's a champion. Masai Ujiri's a champion, bro. They can never take that shit from you. But that's me, bro. That's my opinion. And again, I could see, I could see why there might be some guys that want to hop, just keep riding the Jalen Brown train. But I think if the Celtics team runs it back, they're in the mix for sure. They're in the mix. But it's not to the point where I'm like, all right. Like, like if the Celtics got KD, it's almost – it maybe not quite, but it's almost like field versus Celtics. It's not – maybe not that quite. But they're clearly the favorite. They're clearly the favorite. All right, let's take a quick break, and then uh, we'll talk about some Donovan Mitchell. All right, Donovan Mitchell time. I will say, actually – I will say uh, I I think something that's not really uh, it's been talked about a little bit, but like <laughs> I really don't think running it back is uh, is a terrible option for the Nets. Like KD's signed for the next four years, and and again, I think the the one thing that makes you know puts a little bit of pressure on him is you know KD's thirty about to be thirty four, 
right? And you don't, while he's not slowing down now, I mean, it's, it's a matter of time, right? And so you want to get whoever you're trading him to, you want them to feel like they're getting the maximum amount of KD. And the longer you wait, in theory, the lower his value goes, right? Because you're just getting less and less of him. But at the same time, if 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 people and I, I don't think GMs again, I, I really don't think their view of KD has dramatically changed just because they got swept last year. Because again, given the context of the situation, um, but if y'all if the Nets just gotta fucking wait and remind people how good Kevin Durant is, then maybe that's the way to go. Because I, I really like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, <clears throat> Ben Simmons. Like, they're, they're, don't get me wrong, there are absolutely still flaws on that roster. But it's it's not a bad team if you're going through it. You have Ben Simmons, who covers up perfectly for a lot of a lot of the issues that this team has defensively i really think ben simmons can make up for a lot of it ben simmons has also just always had joel Embiid clogging the paint for him he's absolutely at his best when he gets downhill and gets into the paint and you know is going in transition so should have a lot more spacing they signed royce o'neal who's another great defender Okay, maybe maybe not great. Great's maybe not the right word, but a very solid wing defender in this league. TJ Warren, who, again, I know he hasn't played in a while, foot injury, but you know he can score. And then you're surrounding Kyrie, KD, and, and Ben with um, snipers. You've got two of the best shooters in the league, Seth Curry and Joe Harris. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the big area need and, and concern is just down low. Um, I like Nick Claxton as a player. I think he's talented. He can't bear the weight. He he can't. I don't even. I think I think if you told the Nets he could play twenty five minutes a night for you, I think they'd be happy. Like, I just don't think he can bear the burden of, you know, thirty minutes a night. And and behind him you have Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge. I I've heard good things about Dayron Sharp. I think he can do some cool things. Actually, he's a pretty damn good passer, but. It's not enough down low, so that's where definitely where they have to look. But like that's that's going to be a good team if they if they run that back. Um, and maybe again, yeah, you, you kind of just got to reassess. Um, and if they're I don't know five six seed, which again, if I, I think if they stay healthy, they will be higher than that. Um, then you see what you can get for KD. But um, I think the combination of teams, well, I I think it's less age. I think it's a mixture of age and, uh, you know, just assimilation into a culture where, again, I think the Celtics are on the bottom level of, you know, concern level with that. Whereas, like, a, I don't know. I don't, I really, I don't know. Maybe, like, a, I actually, a lot of the teams interested in him, I, I don't think you have to really worry about culture. Raptors, Suns. Heat, right, and that's why. So maybe it's less that and more age, right? And just you don't know when that fall off is going to come, but it doesn't look like he's anywhere close to that. So we'll see. Let's get to another star who's in the news. I mean, the NBA is just crazy, bro. So many stars. Um, Donovan Mitchell, 
Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell, if you know me, how I view the game, how I view players, you you could probably guess like Mitchell's not. Like, it's kind of my take on Bradley Beal, similar ish to to Donovan Mitchell, but not honestly, but not. Um, I think again, disclaimer. A lot of you know the noise I hear comes from my thirty team league in their Discord. Just have guys typing away, and um, the Discord is soured, completely soured on Donovan Mitchell to the point where like I now feel like it's it's gone too far the other way, um, and I think it just goes right right back to recency bias. He did not have a good quote good playoffs. Um, and I think the main thing that, that I hear a lot of is he's just so bad defensively and, and I get it like I do, right? I think part of it is he's six one, but I, I do think he has the tools to be a decent on ball defender. And I think a lot of, a lot of being a defender, a good defender as a guard, um, obviously you have guys like Patrick Beverly and GP, Gary in the second, who are just dogs, right? That's their identity. And so when they're on the court, every second that they're defending on ball, they're just, they, they know that is their role. That is what they have to excel at. Um, and so you have that. But if that's not you, right, and you're not necessarily a defensive specialist, a lot of being a good defender is one, you need some, you need some strength, right? You need to not be able to get bumped off by other guys because uh, already you're on a disadvantage because you're shorter. And we saw when when Steph Curry per se did struggle in the playoffs defensively, it was when he got switched on to Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum just made a tough shot over him. But very rarely was he going through him or beating him and and getting uh, downhill and creating an advantage for his team. Right. So I, I think a big part of his strength, I think Donovan Mitchell has that. He has length, and then the rest of it, honestly, is is, is just being locked in. It just is being locked in. But defense is such a delicate thing where if there's one guy, one and a half guys, two guys that are consistently, and that's the thing, the margins are so, so slim, bro. They're so slim. If you have one and a half guys getting consistently beat and because these guys are so good on offense in this league, bro. They're so damn good. It's beautiful. That's why I love to watch it. it. It's really deflating. And it's hard to stay locked in on your end. And again, that's part of it. You have to. You have to. But it's hard when others are getting beat consistent. When Mike Conley's getting beat. Um, when Joe Ingles or whoever it is is getting beat downhill. And, and, and I think the other really the main part of it, guys. The main part of it is Donovan Mitchell carries such a huge workload on offense that he's tired on defense, bro. Like, I know we view these guys as, you know, insane athletes, and they are. They're at the top, you know, point zero zero whatever percent in the world. They're freak athletes, and they're in great shape. But in the playoffs, it is – the shit is so tiring. That's why Steph is – was able to be as effective because he's in such great shape. But, like, it is so tiring as a 6-1. He's 6-1, right? All the offensive responsibility on him, on that team. 
Yeah, you can say what you want about Mike. Jordan will pitch in here when he gets hot, but you can't run it through him. Bojan actually steps up. But in a playoff scenario, all the attention is going to be on Donovan Mitchell. And what that means is he's going to have to work a lot, a lot harder for his shots. And as a result, you're much more tired on defense. And so they can go at you a little bit as a 6-1 guard. But I'm not going to sit here and say that Donovan Mitchell in the right system can't be an adequate defender. I'm, I'm just, I, I don't, I think we're so quick to take a small ish. And I know he's been in the league for a while, but take something we don't like where a player is lacking in a certain area and say, they can't ever improve. And what we're doing with Donovan Mitchell, I feel like the, the majority of people is just saying, well, he might be giving you great offense, but he gives it all back on defense. And I think in a scenario where he's on a team where he doesn't have to burden, have the burden of 20 shots a night, he can have a little bit more energy on defense. And he can even be more effective on offense because he's picking his spots a little bit more. But this is a guy who's 25 years old who for his career in the playoffs, again, with all the attention being on him, has averaged 28, five rebounds, 4.7 assists. We'll round that up to five assists on 37 from three, 43 from the field, which are not bad numbers at all. And again, you know, we we can we can point to the bubble and yeah, that was probably an outlier. He averaged 36 in the bubble on 52 from the field, 50, uh, 51 from three. Like that's that's probably an outlier, and it was a one-game series against the Nuggets. But I mean, we're again, regardless, even if you want to bump it down a little bit from twenty-eight, four, five, and five, it's it's still really damn good. And every single series, every single series, even at twenty-one years old, he was the primary source of offense. He was a guy that you had to go, that they had to go through, and he took twenty-two shots a game minimum that's really really tiring it's really really hard to do that and also be great defensively but he's got a great wingspan he's a smart nba player and he's 25 years old now is the price of eight first kind of ridiculous to an extent yes but i understand why a guy like this would demand somewhat of that price tag because the these guys just don't grow on trees, bro. Like, think of Ant. He's, I think, Ant's the next kind of version of this guy of a, of a combo guard who can give you in the playoffs twenty-five to thirty a night. Who is a good enough passer to if he's drawing extra attention, find an open guy, and you'll work on the defense. A lot of defense again is. You know, being able to have the gas to stay in front of elite offensive players. But two, being in a system that everyone understands and has each other's backs. So I get I get buying a guy like this. I really do. I think eight first is crazy. Like I don't I don't know if any I mean, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Giannis, you know, at this point, sure. I don't know that eight eight first is I mean, we've seen it. Those those trades rarely go well. Um, they don't. Like, it's... That's a decade, almost a decade worth of first-rounders. You probably got to get some protections on them. 
or whatever, but um, the Knicks don't really have, like, I would rather give four first IQ, OB, like, four first IQ, IQ, OB, and Grimes is, is probably too much. But if, again, we go to Rudy Gobert's price, it sets a tough standard. And I think you can make an argument that you would rather have Rudy. I think you ask the majority of people now, they'd probably go Rudy at this point. But Donovan Mitchell has a, a really an unmatched, not an unmatched, but a, a very rare skill set in this league. And he's 25 years old. He's quote, not even in the prime, prime years. Like, Donovan Mitchell is really, really good at basketball, and we can't just sit here and look at 28-5-5 and in the playoffs as a focal point of an offense, getting all the defensive attention, and just say that that doesn't matter. We can't, we can't do that. Like, he's, he's done this. He's been in the spotlight. He's played in meaningful, big-time games since he was in this league. He did it as a rookie. Since he was 21, he's been in it. He went to the playoffs every single year. And he's delivered offensively. He's delivered offensively. Now, go, you know, in New York, he would obviously have a, a slightly, I mean, he might play a ton of minutes, but he's, he's not going to have as much pressure on him to score. And I think he can better fit in a defensive system. So I get why the Knicks are going for him. I get it. You bring some excitement in that city. They're for sure playoff team with Donovan Mitchell. Um, you take a huge load off of Julius Randle. You take even more of a load off Jalen Brunson. Um, yes, again, you read the memes, and I get why Jalen Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell has a barbecue chicken. But like, defense is all like it's a lot of it is personnel. But I feel like the personnel determines your ceiling as a defense, like how good you can be. I think you can be a slightly above average defense if everyone comes to work locked in and that's the thing you can't just say hey we're gonna do that in the playoffs you need to start that in the regular season and build on it build on it foundation build and then when the playoffs come all right everyone understands their role but it's a really interesting again because it's a it's a really interesting situation just in terms of you know how good can donovan mitchell be because you know, you, you don't want to trade eight first-round picks for a guy who you're not con- sure can be a one. But, like, I, I don't think I can sit here and just confidently say one is also super vague because every team's makeup is different. Like, if you get a team around Donovan Mitchell that lets him play to his strengths and you're really deep, I I do think Donovan Mitchell can win a, a title as a one. If Again, you got to be very, very well-constructed after that. But I don't think we can sit here and say that a guy that's averaged 28 points in the playoffs and has done it every year and is just 25. Like, he's gotten – that's a great thing about Jason Tatum, why I think he's going to be so great, is just the exposure to this shit so early on. You know, like, it's tough. I I get why the Knicks are are in on him. I also get why Utah's looking to move on um, because, you know, as constructed now – that that jazz team isn't doing anything, even with Donovan Mitchell there. It's all we've talked about it throughout this podcast. We'll continue to talk about it. You need a supporting cast. You need dudes around you that can thrive in their roles. And 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 Utah just doesn't have anywhere near enough right now 
their defensive centerpiece is gone, and it's weird. Like, you can't really retool when you deal a guy like Rudy without getting, like, I know they got some ready-made production back, but not enough to offset the impact that Rudy Gobert has on the defensive end of the basketball. Um, so it'll be cool. Apparently there's a a report that came out that the, the deal's locked in. They're just, like, ham, hammering, ironing out some details and that it will be up soon. So uh, we'll definitely react to that when it comes out. And I'm curious. I, I think Utah, again, I'd be curious to see if they're wanting to go, like, all picks route because then it gives you flexibility. Obviously, you can draft, but you can move those picks. Or if they want to bring an IQ in, what they think of IQ. I like IQ. I think he's a super hard worker. I think he's a bucket. I think there's some holes in his game, but I, I think – I think he has potential. I really think I think with his work ethic he can be a a starter in this league. It just it's up to him. He has to prove that, you know, with his skill set and who he is as a player that he's not just a microwave Jordan Clarkson, that he's more than that. He can bring you more than that every single night. And I think he can based off off the way he's worked and improved so far. But yeah, the whole whole Donovan Mitchell thing, I I mean you just see it. You don't win in this league without without stars, and uh, when you get a guy who's twenty five, who's already flashed three level scoring in the playoffs, and is only twenty five, you jump on it. You don't let people who saw him play defense poor his boy. That just I don't think that you can. I think you're doing yourself a disservice to let that define who he is. And say that in the right situation at 27, 28, that he can't be a at least an average player defensively, you know. But that's where I'm at. I'm I'm tired, fam. It's it's getting close to midnight here. The eyes are getting blurry. I think I might have even been slurring a little bit. So I got to get on out of here, guys. But I hope you enjoyed. Um, I know it's a dead part of the season, but. We'll continue to to get stuff out there, and I appreciate all of you that listen and, and support. It really does mean the world. Uh, before we go, if you are still listening to this point, want to appreciate you. Um, if you could go ahead, like and subscribe, five stars, whatever it is, it comes out on different platforms. They're all different, but it's the same vibes on each. You know, it it, it means a lot and uh, definitely helps. It's gotta help right the algorithm and stuff like that anyways guys be back next week gonna try and get the top 10 at each position uh up soon and i'm i'm sure i'm sure me and sarji will be in for a couple disagreements i hope we are because that's that's my favorite it's no it's no fun when you're just agreeing so love you all peace